you're listening to i mean can we discuss and i am your host astrid ferguson we will be discussing different issues that can be debated articulated chopped up any kind of way there's no real set way to this it could be culturally it could be socially it could just be how we're feeling today so You're here for the randomness, and I hope you're here to stay. So remember to subscribe, share, and tell me what you think. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to a new episode of I Mean, Can We Discuss? And I am your host, Astra Ferguson. And this is season two episode 24 i know we are getting up there um just want to make a couple announcements first one announcement is can we discuss a podcast will um i guess go into a, a snooze towards the end of this year yeah um i think i'm going to finally you know retire it because I am actually going to start a new podcast. So I know it may sound like, you know, some little bad news there at first, but the good news is I'm not entirely going away. I'm just shifting. Obviously, um, I am a solopreneur. I don't have a team. So I cannot... I guess leverage doing two podcasts at the same time I did put it out there that I'm looking for volunteers if I happen to find volunteers and someone is interesting podcasting then you know maybe I can continue this and um, have like a an extra host but until I can do that um, it doesn't look very promising So the good news is the new podcast that I will be starting uh, will be alongside my sister. We are actually in the process of doing some some crowdfunding, some, you know, raising funds to cover our costs to start the podcast because, you know, there is, you know, some expenses that go on behind the scenes that a lot of you know listeners may not be aware of and you know we didn't we wanted to see if there was a possible way that we could raise money to cover those costs going forward so we actually have a store on bonfire uh it's it's a call your sister podcast store and we are doing a little it's going to be like the cis nation yes i know uh once we put together the acronyms of cys we was like oh my god look it's the cis nation yeah so um call your sister podcast uh right now the date for us to get it out uh will be Uh, August so that is the temporary or tentative date that we have currently and basically it's going to be about all the things that we talk about as sisters how we are sharing our stories and uplifting each other through life we are two sisters from opposite sides of I don't want to say the spectrum but on I on different sides of our life 
my sister is a single mother with you know my nephew who is autistic so you will get to hear about her experiences what her daily life looks like and you know I am married with children um, who's trying to you know build her business as a creative after playing it safe all her life so we're going to talk about things like motherhood and we're going to talk about things like dating we're going to talk about things like mental health and we're going to talk about things like like my sister's experience being a single mother with an autistic child you know how expensive that is and how she's navigating through it and we're going to talk about things like blended families. So it's going to be a very exciting um, podcast. Um, I think I'm definitely more excited about having that because I'll actually have my sister to talk to every day. Um, well, not every day, but every week. And, you know, versus me trying to do this solo, which it can get kind of boring, you know. So gonna give that a shot um so stay tuned for that now on to the next thing which is I've actually been running a buy black Fridays uh challenge on my Instagram so if you head on over to a-s-t-r-i-d underscore f-e-r-g so it's astrid underscore ferg on my Instagram every Friday I post different like black owned businesses or locally black owned businesses um, that you guys could potentially buy from I share what I have bought if I bought anything the week before it is not obligated it's just to you know showcase and show support to a lot of these black owned businesses um, I think a way for us to become better allies, especially for our black um, community, um, it is to, you know, also purchase their stuff and hire them and hire us, you know, and, and, and buy from us. Um, I don't think we hear enough about our black communities. Um, and this was my way of still, you know, definitely, you know, upholding my pledge of being there for my black brothers and sisters, um, especially with everything going on with the Black Lives Matter, um, everything that's still pending between George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud, uh, Arbery. Um, there's a lot going on, you know, and there's been even more situations since then. So this was my way of doing something that's also positive. Um, because I think, you know, when we start thinking so much of everything, it's easy to become overwhelmed with it all and to get anxious and even become hopeless you know when you're not seeing that the outcomes come out entirely how you wish it would come out even though there has been a lot of traction um there's been a lot of changes uh, ever since all of this has came out so we can't exactly say that um 
it hasn't worked on some aspects. It definitely has. There has been a lot of talks. There has been some changes even um, in the systems. Um, even, you know, there are quite a few police departments who are changing a lot of their their departments, their their policies, um, they're, they're being defunded and, and those funds are being allocated elsewhere, you know, to programs that potentially do help black and brown communities. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and talk about that um, entirely because that can be, you know, there's there's quite a bit going on with that. Um, I try to stay, uh, I guess, stay on top of it and, and, and know, you know, the things that are going on, you know, especially because it affects my family, you know, my boys, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, you know, and um, it's scary when you think about them walking out the door. So you definitely want to be up to speed with everything, stay updated um, note any legislatures that are being changed, how it's affecting you and your local community. What does that mean for your local police department? What organizations are going to be benefiting from these things? And, you know, if you want to get involved, if you want to sign petitions, if you want to donate, um, what does that mean in your workplace? Is there going to be a different diversity order that's going to be in place in your workplace you know all of these things you know it's a lot to grasp but it's definitely good for all of us to stay well informed so I know with everything going on you can't help but take a little bit of an activist role right I know many of us I'm not going to say us but I know many of people um, don't like to be pigeon-toed, so to speak, as an activist. Um, being an activist does require uh, a, a particular caliber um, to be an ongoing activist. Uh, sometimes it will require, you know, sacrifice. You know, not everybody is going to agree with what you're saying. And you might get people who really hate you and people who will try to ruin your reputation and you may lose followers, you may lose friends, but all of that, you got to ask yourself, is it worth it? You know, like if you're really being true to your core values, does, does it really matter if you lose these people because it doesn't really look like they're aligned with your core values? So is it really a sacrifice in the end? You know, um, the other thing is you can't, I would love to say that we can all take a part in everything that's going on in the world, but let's be honest, we can't, you know, um, there's so many things going on. Um, you gotta, you know, you gotta pick the things that are most important to you and activate for those, you know, be an active activist for those things and constantly, you know, spread that message, 
you know, if it's really important to you and you want to find other people who this is important to them as well, definitely do that. I don't exactly call that being an activist because I feel like that's more like your life's purpose. Um, so you're doing what you feel like you're being called on to do. Um, and that's the way that I look at it. These things are important to me. So that's why it's easier for me to take an activist role in them because they are important in my life. They are a part of who I am. They do affect my family. And quite frankly, it's just, it's very important to me. You know, I care about my black and brown community. So any sort of issues that involve them, involve us, I like to take that activist role in spreading the message and helping in any way that I can. That is my level four coming out of constantly wanting to be in the help role. Well, I wouldn't say exactly wanting, but it just comes naturally to me to be in more of a helping role. Um, it just, it's just a part of who I am, you know? So, you know, think about that. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about is talking about being an activist. It is the, okay. So the next thing was, sorry, my little one interrupted us there. Um, to talk about the next thing that I've actually volunteered to help with, which is free the families action. Um, I don't know how far back have you listened, but in case you're new to the episode or to the podcast, um, I am Dominican and Haitian, so I was born in Dominican Republic and I am what you would consider a citizen born abroad. What does that mean exactly, right? You might be asking yourself. So I'm going to briefly talk about what, you know, immigration is like for many of us. I think many people are not familiar with the way immigration laws and policies work. So when I was born, my father was already a citizen of the United States. My father, may he rest in peace, was able to come to the United States from Haiti at a very young age because his sister was married to a doctor who worked here. So she was a citizen and he was a citizen. So he was able to request my father on a work sponsorship, so to speak. So my father was able to come to the United States and work with him, you know, do some administrative stuff and then was able to apply for his, you know, his green card and his citizenship, right? They're separate things. Because he was already a citizen when I was born in Dominican Republic, because my mother is a, you know, was is Dominican, but she wasn't a citizen. Um, I was automatically automatically considered a citizen born abroad. So I was born with two citizenships. So 
I, I automatically became a citizen of the United States because my father was a citizen of the United States. And I was also a citizen, or I am still a citizen of Dominican Republic because I was born in Dominican Republic. I say all of that because there's also a policy here in the United States, which is birthright, right? So in here in the United States, whether you're a citizen or you're not a citizen, if you have a child here in the United States, according to the 14th Amendment of the Constitution, you are considered a citizen of the United States. So with that being said, in the past, people will come to the United States from all over and they would come and they would have their children here. Their children would become citizens of the United States and back then you were able to file and say, hey, you know, because I have a child who is a citizen and we're a family, you know, we want to apply to, you know, become citizens of the United States or a visa to come to the United States to live here and apply for your green card. Right. So that was one way of doing it before they changed that before that was that there was something, at least according to my mother. Back then, um, way back then, with the birthright part of the Constitution, if you were here and you had a child in the United States, because you have a child in the United States who is a U.S. citizen, you would automatically, the parent, would become a citizen. So, obviously, a lot of immigrants kind of figured this out and would come to the United States and that's how they would become citizens back then. Um, so they closed that and made it that the birthright was only for the children. Now you may be asking yourself, why am I saying this? Well, the free the families action has to deal with these things because children are being held in detention centers and they're being separated from their families. Now, this typically applies to people who are here illegally or have been here on a visa and maybe their visa expired and they never went back home or whatever, you know, those intricate details might be. But the point is they're not exactly a citizen yet or don't have all of the complete paperwork to be considered a citizen of the United States. The reason why I decided to join this is because one, I am an immigrant, right? While these things may not apply to me, I was very fortunate to um, have a father who was already a U.S. citizen and who knew exactly what needed to be done as far as my paperwork so that there wouldn't be any issues when I would come here to the United States. These children have been held in detention, however, or these detention centers like Burke's detention. There's some in California, there's some in Texas. Some of them are going on to 11 months. I mean, it's been a long time. They're being held in these cages, like in big groups. And with COVID right now, it is spreading like wildfire. There's inadequate health care. Uh, some of the moms have been raped. Um, 
the safety conditions are not the best. There's been people who have died. Um, it's just all the way around, not the place to have children. So with knowing all these things, um, because ICE is the organization that runs this, um, and it's been starting, I mean, it's been going on since the Trump administration. Trump had signed two agreements that he wanted to do away with birthright. I'm not quite sure exactly what the second one was, but that is what what prompted all of these people to be held captive in these detention centers and a whole lot more deportation. Now, it doesn't just affect the Hispanic community, but it is a big chunk of it is the Hispanic community. Um, and Free the Families is really a movement to help spread the awareness of the of these things going on because there has been pressure issued unto our government by G, I believe, or Glee. Yes. Um, to make the final decision to release, you know, everyone. But uh, what he uh, put out was that it only covers children to be released. It does not cover the parents. And this particular movement is to is to put pressure that families belong together. They should not be separated. So the parents and the children should be released together. Now, whether that means they're going to be released back in like Guatemala or Mexico or back to their countries, you know, that's up to them to make that decision. Or if they're going to be released here and their paperwork is going to be worked out, whatever that looks like, but they should be released together. Children cannot defend for themselves and they should be with their parents, you know, for, I mean, many reasons. I mean, would you just let a toddler run loose outside with no supervision like just let them know they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to survive they wouldn't know the first thing of knowing what to do so that is what free the families really represents and i believe the decision is supposed to be made today or sometime this month um so i got involved in helping spread the message I did decide to volunteer to go and see some of these detention centers, especially the one in Berks, because that's closest to where my family lives. Um, and for me to see for myself, like how I can help, how I can possibly even tell their stories um, and what's a, you know, a different way to, um, I guess, improve the whole immigration process here in the United States, like what are some actions that we could take? Which speaking of immigrations and their policies, I did speak to my mother and she said, you know, it's a very complex situation because 
the way the policy works, it's that, let's say for an example, you are a parent who migrated here and you are now a citizen. And first of all, you need to be able to provide that you have the finances to take care of the people that you're requesting. You have to be able to provide that you have been, you know, stable, keeping a steady job, that you have a place for them to stay, that you are under good health conditions, that, you know, all of these things are requirements, right? Okay, so when you do request family, like if you're a parent, you can request your children and more than likely that will be approved. There has you know, been some situations where it doesn't, um, but usually it does. But with the same policy, it will work against you if it's the other way around. So you, if you are here and you are requesting, you know, your mother or your father, for an example, to come to the United States, it is more than likely that it will be rejected. So the same policy that may work one way may not always work the other way. The other way that people are able to come here to the United States through the immigration is, I don't know if you guys pay attention, whenever you are filling out applications, there is a part where you can check off if you will require sponsorship. So that is usually the best way to bring someone here is for for like a job to sponsor them to come to the United States. Going back to my father's story of first coming to the United States, that is usually the surest way of bringing someone here. Um, happens a lot in our Asian communities, which is why it is so important to come together as communities and help each other as communities, because that is the best way that we can help our brethren come from across the seas to become citizens of the United States. Um, so those are the complexities of immigration. Now, there is, you might be asking yourself, well, I've met people who are from different countries and they go to school with me or in college or have work. Yeah, that's, they come, they come to the United States on a visa. So there is a student visa. There's like a working or visiting visa. They can come over that way, but that doesn't mean that they can stay. I know it sounds messed up. You know, how can you come here with a visa? Like, let's say you go to school, you go to college, you're four years. Why wouldn't you be eligible to apply for a green card? I have the same questions. Um, and what I keep hearing from my friends and my mom and, and them, it's that it's temporary. It's like a contract. So you have to follow the rules of the visa. So when it expires, you are to go home. If not, you're going to be considered an illegal um, immigrant in the United States, which is what happens to a lot of these people because they either don't want to go back home because they're running from some, you know, complicated situations or... Um, there isn't enough opportunity back home 
um, and they're stuck here, you know, and they can't exactly go to these different, you know, immigration offices to try to try to apply there because it is more than likely that they will automatically be thrown in these detention centers or be deported. So they're kind of stuck, you know, um, that's the difficult part in all of this, um, how easily you can turn from doing things properly to now becoming or being considered a, a, a criminal or an illegal person, right? And with Trump's new rules, it does not help, even though they have not been signed into law, because that would require him to change the Constitution, um, they acted on it. So that's, in a nutshell, that is what Free the Families mostly stand for, which is to put pressure on our government to make the decision to free the families together. So I have been sharing a lot of that in my social media as well. Um, I partnered with We All Grow Latina, who is running a lot of this with Carolina Rubio McWright, who is an immigration lawyer. She's an artist and an activist who, you know, has been working with these immigrant communities she's been to the family detention centers and she has volunteered and she organizes some volunteer groups as well so it's it was definitely humbling and helpful to get involved for me to understand more from that end because i only really understood it from my family side you know we were able to bring some family over but usually that involved them marrying a citizen here and the citizen then requesting for them to be able to apply for the green card. Um, and I wanted to see, and I wanted to see if there were other ways. So I know that was a lot to take in, but I basically just wanted to tell you about all of these things going on alongside with everything going on with COVID. I hope everyone is remaining safe. You know, there were a lot of places that were going green and I think people forgot that this was a thing. And now a lot of these a lot of these places are closing back down. So please be safe, wear your mask, keep, keep that six feet distance. You know, if you're sick, stay at home and be very mindful. You know, I mean, these are hard times. There's a lot going on. So it's very easy to be overwhelmed. And of course, my little one now doesn't want to cooperate, but yes. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for listening. And until next time, guys, ciao. And that was a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening to, I mean, can we discuss? Don't forget to subscribe, follow us if you want to see what we're up to, what projects we're up to, and enjoy the rest of your day, night, wherever you might be. I was your host, Asher Ferguson, signing off.